Anybody here know how to swing a baseball bat? I do. Nah, you have to be under 18. You don't, you don't count. Amazing music, by the way. That was a wonderful worship. My guitar was not working. You don't need a guitar. Okay. You got an amazing sound guy, so problem solved. Is Justin here? He can swing. Uh, so, so, uh, a youth who knows the proper form for swinging. Okay, come on up. Yeah, come on up. I, I think I have a, yeah. Hold on, what's your name? Don't, you got to do it in here. Come on up, it's okay, it's all good. It's all good, we're not going to, I'll be the one who's embarrassed, not you. Sailor. Sailor. Oh, sailor. All right. Sailor, all right, here's the deal. With this bat. I want you to form up and show everybody how to do a proper swing. And I want you to tell us what you're doing, okay? Um, I, get my, I get my stance. Okay. Um, and then I get a little motion, and then I swing. Okay, what about the elbow? Do you have to do anything special with your elbow? I don't, I don't. Um, I kind of put my elbow a little higher up. Elbow up, cool. And when you're swinging through, uh, what do you do then? Um, I pivot my foot. Pivot the foot, very nice. And All right, I- so why don't, you, why don't you step up here? Why don't you give us your... This is dangerous, but we can replace anything here. Why don't you move over just a little bit? Okay, now just go full on. Just pretend there's a ball coming and just rock it. Woo! Very nice. High five. Thank you. You can take a seat. Awesome. Uh, when, I was, uh, when I was in, like, junior high school, um, I, uh, I got drafted, or I think it was maybe sixth grade, I got drafted up to majors, um, which was a big deal. Um, I wasn't very good at baseball, but on tryout day, for some reason... Uh, I just hit everything. It was unbelievable. And so for the next two years, I, ran, I rode the bench. And I was a uh, total, total disaster. And I'm going to tell you why. Uh, I'm a lefty. Say the lefty. That's awesome. Cool. Good job. Way to go. There's not a lot of us left. Um, and so I, I, knew, I knew the proper form, which Sailor showed us. So you're like supposed to like bend your knees or whatever. Elbow up. And what Sailor did is she stepped in and she, she swung, right? And I think you're supposed to like roll your, I don't know, something. It's been a long time. But what I would do... Because I would do this. Okay? Did you see that? See what I did there? It's called stepping out. Does anyone know why you step out? You're afraid of the ball. That's right. Uh, so the, the truth is uh, John Vorjak uh, was like this amazing pitcher. And uh, he threw the ball like oh, about 115 um, he, was in, he was 13 years old, really. Uh, it's amazing what you can do with steroids. And uh, so he, um, he hit me once. And uh, I, I'll be honest, I'm not a big fan of pain. And so what I learned is I learned that if I just altered my swing a little bit, I no longer had to worry about getting hurt. But I also no longer had to worry about hitting the ball. Because in the best case scenario, I'd kind of get like on the, off the nub of the bat. And it'd go foul. Uh, because I had learned uh, what failure looks like, and I didn't like it. And I was afraid it was going to happen again. And so I adjusted my swing. Same thing's going to happen today uh, in Moses. We're, we're in a series called Failing Forward. And the idea is that we all make mistakes. We're all a mess. Yes, but... Uh, the way that God wants us to be mistakes and have failures is to fail in a way that we advance, that we, we move forward. Not the just stepping out and just, you know, languishing, but in a way that we can change and improve. We're, we're going to see that in Moses' life. Moses was not a really great guy. 
He's known as like one of the heroes and the great prophets of Israel, but he was a mess. And we're going to see today him being a mess. And so I'd invite you uh, to follow along either on the screens or on the back of your note sheets or your pew Bibles on page 31. But this is uh, Exodus 4, uh, 1 to 12. God's talking to Moses, and I'll explain that in a second. Ooh, that's small. Yikes. Never again, the 28th font. We're going to have to go to 30 or above. All right. Then Moses replied, but what if they don't believe me or pay attention to me? They, the Israelites, might say to me, Yahweh didn't appear to you. The Lord said to him, what's that in your hands? Moses replied, well, it's a shepherd's rod. And Yahweh said, throw it down on the ground. So Moses threw it on the ground and it turned into a snake. Moses jumped back from it. Then Yahweh said to Moses, reach out and grab the snake by the tail. So Moses reached out and grabbed it, and it turned back into a rod in his hand. Do this so that the Hebrew slaves will believe that Yahweh, the God of their ancestors, Abraham's God, Isaac's God, and Jacob's God, has in fact appeared to you. Again, the Lord said to Moses, put your hand inside your coat or your robe. So Moses put his hand inside his coat. When he took it out, his hand had leprosy with skin white like snow. Then God said, put your hand back inside your your coat. So Moses put his hand back inside his coat. Then when he took it out again, the skin of his hand had returned to normal. If they won't believe you or pay attention to the first sign, they may believe the second. And if they won't even believe these two signs or pay attention to you, then take some water from the Nile River and pour it out on the dry grounds. The water that you take from the Nile will turn into blood on the dry grounds. Man, this is guaranteed to work. And so Moses is super excited. He says, but Moses said to the Lord, my Lord, I've never been able to speak. Well, not yesterday, not the day before, certainly not now since you've been speaking to your servant. I have a slow mouth and a thick tongue. Anyone God but me. Yahweh said to him, Who gives people the ability to speak? Who's responsible for making them unable to speak or hard of hearing, sighted or blind? Isn't I the Lord? Now go, I'll help you speak. I'll teach you what you should say. Spoiler alert, even, even with all of this, Moses is still like, I don't want to do this. Please send somebody else. God's like, I'll give you some help, but you're going to do it, buddy. Uh, a little background, so when, when Moses was replying, he was replying to what? Uh, Moses replied to the Lord, uh, what's going on is uh, that the God, God has, has, has showed up in Moses' life. He's like, there's a burning bush, and, and God's like, I'm choosing you, Moses. And, and I want you, and choosing you for what? I'm going to have you be the one who's the great leader of the Israelites. You're going to lead them out of slavery into life and, and, and hope, right? That's what you're up to. Um, I have a picture, I think, of a Hebrew slavery what um, had happened was early on in Moses' life, he had thought he was going to be this guy. He thought he was going to be the champion, the hero. He was going to save everyone. But things went really badly. He messed up. And if you want to hear about that, two weeks ago, we talked about the failure of self-reliance, where we discussed how it is that Moses just dropped the ball big time, totally failed, but in a way that moved him forward. Going on in the text. Text. But what if they don't believe me or pay attention to me? Uh, literally there, if they don't hear my voice uh, in the Hebrew. But really, the idea being like, he's like shouting, and the, and the Israelites just, like, it just turns into white noise, right? They're just not, not hearing him. They're, they're, they're going to say, Yahweh didn't show up. You, you're making all that up, Moses. Why is Moses worried about this? 
because he's got PTSD. I'm serious. I really do think that if you, if you met Moses and we had like a clinical you know, therapist or something, I think that he would be diagnosed with, with PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. Why? Well, two weeks ago, we saw this. I have a picture here of Moses uh, doing, doing the, the deed here. So when Moses, Moses grew up in the, in the palace, he was a prince of Egypt. And, uh, and one day, he, he, for the first time, he sees his, his, his blood relatives, his people, and they're being like beat up by these slave drivers. And he's horrified. And he's like, I'm going to put a stop to this. And so he runs over, and, and you can see there, he, he kills this Egyptian who's beating a slave. And if you can really squint your eyes in the, in the top left of that, that picture, there's, a, there's someone watching. And it turns out that one of, the other, one of the slaves watched Moses do this. And Moses is like, yeah, I took that guy out. I'm going to be a hero. I'm going to lead this, the, the, the people out of slavery. And so the next day he sees a couple slaves fighting with each other. He's like, guys, guys, Papa Moses is here. It's time to, time to take care of business. I'm going to save you. And they're like, who are you, man? Oh, you have nice clothes? What are you going to do, kill us like you killed that other guy? They turn him in for murder. Moses is on the run. For the rest of the last, you know, 40 years of his life, he's been a wanted man because of this total disaster where he thought he had it figured out. He thought he was going to be the leader. He was going to be the winner. And then, and then he wasn't. And now God's like, I'm ready. You are going to lead. And Moses is like, nah. What if they don't listen? All right. I don't know what we want to call this. We were thinking about calling it Fear Factor. Uh, Fear Factor, for those of you who don't know, um, just a few years ago when Jen was in her early 20s, not her mid-20s, uh, she was a contestant on the show Fear Factor 1. She won the, you can, they have a, a, the movie clip, so you can actually go and watch Jen like being, I don't know, surrounded by snakes or whatever. This isn't quite Fear Factor, but here's the deal. Um, I have... In here, I have three different um, mysteries, okay? Now, one of these plates has, drum roll please, a $5 gift card to In-N-Out. <laughs> Almost enough for you to get a meal at In-N-Out. <laughs> Certainly enough to get your parents to take you there. However, in the other two, in the other two, there's something really gross that you have to eat. Now, here's the deal. I'm going to ask for a volunteer. You're going to come up here, and if you, you pick it up, if you get the gift card, you win, you walk away, congratulations. If you don't, you can still get the gift card if you're willing to eat whatever is in the box. Okay? All right, so, uh, do I have a volunteer? Some, some brave, yeah, well, I mean, someone who's not afraid of... Uh, Okay, all right, come on up. Yeah, yeah, all right, you can come. Okay. Welcome. This is, this is going to be talk about trauma. This is about to happen. Parents, I apologize in advance. All right, buddy, your name for everyone? Logan. Logan. Give it up for Logan. Good luck, buddy. Okay, Logan, uh, you need to choose one of these plates. And you're, you're, you're just hoping and praying for that In-N-Out gift card. Go for it, bud. And just point at one you think is the best. This is the one? Okay, let's just open this up. Oh, yeah. No. Oh, no. There's an, oh, man, that's a bummer. Oh, we have calf liver and gizzards and hearts of a chicken. Oh, man. That is... Wait, say that again, buddy. I will not eat that. I will not eat that yet. Are you sure? You sure? 
<coughs> the calf liver has sauce on it. It's just... <coughs> yeah. Um, all right, buddy. Well, are you sure? You could get a $5 gift card. You, think, think about it. You could get like a double-double. No. No. Well, hey, buddy, how about this? What, what if? What if? Instead of going for that, I'll just, I, got a, I got a deal here. You can have a choice. All right, you can have a choice. I got a bag of candy, which you can have, but you've got to walk away, but you get no gift card. Or you can... <laughs> Actually, you're not allowed. I think that would get you. That would kill you, right? E. coli or something. That's raw chicken. But if you do that, then you get the gift card. So, so if you if you're willing, to, what's your choice? You can have bag of candy, go sit down, no problem, or you go for the gift card. What's it going to be? Candy. Candy. All right. Well done. Sorry, Logan. Well done, bud. Uh, all right. We need. Who, who's got? Who's got guts? Who's got? All right, Jillian, come on up. Yep, you can do it. Jillian, come on up. All right. The odds are better now, right? I mean, you got a 50-50 chance. Logan knocked one out for you. All right, your name for everyone, please? Jillian. Jillian, very good. All right, Jillian, what's it going to be? You can... Well, so don't choose that one. Okay, yeah, so just $5 gift card. You get animal style. Good. Oh, no. That's... Uh, that's... <laughs> that seafood delight. It's got, it's got, um, no, no, but keep it off. Why don't you, why don't you pick it up so I can, it's got cl- clam juice, salmon, and a raw lobster tail. All right, so here's the deal. If you, if you just, if you just eat a little bit of it, I'll give you a $5 gift card to In-N-Out Burgers. I'm good. You're good. Well, okay, and then in that case, I have a, I have a deal for you. Um, if you're not willing, then I got a, I got a, a bag of candy. Candy. You can, you can, <laughs> what do you choose? Candy. Okay, candy. Here you go. Uh, many thanks to my lovely wife, Erin, for making this happen. Hey, now we know which is the good one. Who is the volunteer who's ready to grab that $5 gift card? Desi, get on up here, buddy. This is a, you got it, man. Congratulations. Run! We're running out of time. Okay, what's your name? Desi. Okay, go ahead. Pick up your gift card. Open her up there, champ. Oh, what? Oh, it's just a bowl of dog food. <laughs> hey, guess what? I lied. What do you want? you want? Here's the deal. You eat that dog food, I'll give you a $5 gift card. All of it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you don't want that? It's got, it's got all kinds of good stuff in it, man. It's real good for you. No candy. No thanks. All right. Take your bag of candy, you goofball. Way to go, guys. Appreciate it, man. You messed up. You trusted me. That's what happens. Now, did you notice what's going on there? Um, so everyone comes up here, and they see... They see the raw lobster and the clam juice, and they're like, if I eat that, I'm probably going to throw up. Right? Think of all the terrible things that could happen if I consumed this bowl of dog food, this calf liver with kidney sauce. Right? They're thinking about all the things that could go wrong, and they stop thinking about the $5 gift card. 
Do you know something similar happened with Moses, right? God's like, hey, Moses, I want you to go lead the people. We're going we're gonna to save all the people. They're going to go. They're going to get free. They're, you're going to be the leader of, of the great exodus, buddy. You're in. And Moses is like, what if they don't like me? What if they, because he's been here before. He's failed before. He's like, what if I go up to him and I'm like, I'm like, guys, we're ready to go. And they're like, who are you, man? What, are you going to kill us too? What if that happens again? And so he loses sight of the vision. And he just throws out this excuse like, oh, no, I'm, I'm scared. I'm scared. That's the first thing in your note sheets. The fear of failure makes us focus on what might go wrong instead of what God says will go right. Uh, this is, you know, when, when God calls us to something in our lives, when he calls this church to do something, he says, church, you're going to go do this. This is going to happen. But we were like, ah, but like of all the things that are going to go wrong on the way, instead of trusting that what God says is what it is, we think about all the past and all the ways that it might not happen. Then God does some amazing things, which we will talk about. He uh, does some cool, cool stuff with, uh, with the, the, the blood and the, and the leprosy and the snake. Um, but at the, at the end, so then God shows all those things to Moses. And then what happens? Let's go back to the text. Moses said to the Lord, My Lord, I have never been able to speak well. Not yesterday, not the day before. Certainly not now. I have a slow mouth and a thick tongue. See, Moses isn't stupid. Uh, two, two weeks ago, Moses was ready to take on the world, but in the intervening time, he's been humbled, and he's recognized, he, he understands some things about himself. He knows he's not that great at talking. And he also knows that in order to be a good leader, you've got to be able to say stuff. You've got to be compelling, and you've got to be able to get out there and do public speaking, right? Like, isn't that kind of like the most important thing? I tell people, I'm like, I have zero practical skills. The only thing I can do is talk. Like, that's it. And then we tend to associate, like, your gifts or your abilities with what God's called you to, right? Well, God, God's response. Who, who gives people the ability to speak? Who do you think you are, man? Who's responsible for making them unable to speak? Who, 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 can, who can make them hard of hearing? Sighted, blind. Is it me? I'll tell you what to say. I got the, uh, the, the Michael Scott approach to job interviews here. I don't know if you can... I don't know if you can read it, but at the top left, what do you think your greatest strength is as a manager? And Michael Scott responds, why don't I tell you what my greatest weaknesses are? I go, okay. I work too hard, I care too much, and sometimes I get too invested in my job. He's like, those sound like strengths. He's like, my weaknesses are my strengths. The reason that Michael does that is because we know that when you go in for a job interview and they ask you what are your weaknesses, we want to cover them up, right? The last thing we want is for someone to know what we're really bad at. Because presumably the things that we can't do are the things that disqualify us from all the things that we wish we could do. We focus on our inabilities rather than our abilities. Let's make a deal. All right, um, I got two things here. Two things. Um, you can choose. Oh my gosh, this is this was a terrible idea. Okay, that's horrible. Okay, I got these guys right here. Just cover this up so you can't see what's in there. All right, I've got two tasks. Okay, inside one of the tasks, inside these boxes or behind this uh, blue sheet, is a $5 gift card to In and Out <laughs> behind one of them. Okay? <laughs> Fool me once, 
and, and behind the other is a task, okay? So one of these things uh, carries a $5 gift card to in and out the, uh, the other thing is a task. But here's the deal. If you can complete the task in one minute or less, you get the $5 gift card. It's a pretty good deal. So even if you don't get the $5 gift card when you first open it, if you can complete the task, you still get the gift card. So do I have volunteers? Somebody who's uh, interested? Yeah, come on up, man. Levi, yeah, yeah, yeah. Run, run, run. There's only so much material here, buddy. All right, what's your name? Levi. Okay, Levi, you got a choice here. You can do blue one or uh, white one. Or I guess that's more of like a mauve, mauve. Blue. Okay, open it up, open it up. Oh, my gosh, not a gift card. Big shocker there. Okay, buddy, can you... I know I have terrible handwriting, but can you try to read what that says? Verify that... One, three x one over x cubed. One over x cubed is the solution so, of diff the differential differential equation. I'll just do this part. Dy over dx equals y over x minus x squared times y squared minus three over x to the fourth. How's your calculus, bro? Um, we didn't this in class yet. You haven't done that in class? No. Oh. Here's the deal, man. Just take a look at it for a second. I'm going to, I, I got a deal for you. Here's the deal. So you have a choice because I'm a kind and loving person. Choice one, I'll give you one minute to solve that equation, to, de- to verify that one over x cubed is in fact a solution of that differential equation. Or I'll give you a bag of candy. You can go sit down. Think about it. What do you want? Bag of candy. Bag of candy. All right. Well done, sir. Excellent. There you go. Congratulations. Well done. Hey, great news. Good job, Levi. Well done. Hey, uh, great news. Great news. Now we know where the, uh, where the gift card is. So who wants to grab a gift card? Let's have one of the mayos. Mayos, you choose one of your mayos. Okay, they're both. All of the above. Okay. Three for the price of one. Your names, please. Owen. Owen. Josiah. Josiah. Shiloh. Shiloh. All right. Okay, guys. Doff the blanket. It smells so good. It, you, okay. It I don't know what they're feeding you at your house. All right. All right. Open up those boxes. What do you got? Ooh. What is that? Duplos. Awesome. And this is more Duplos. More Duplos. Okay. Here's the challenge, team. Uh, do I have a picture of the most beautiful man in the congregation? Where is he? Most beautiful man. It's the last slide. There he is. Mm. Learned a lot of things about Ryan Gates on the men's retreat. Uh, men's retreat. He is about the most amazing outdoorsman I've ever met. He slept, he slept in a hammock that looks... I'm serious. Uh, suspended over the ground. He's, he's not only beautiful, he's high quality and single and available. So, uh, here's the deal, kids. Uh, you get one minute, and in one minute, you have to recreate this picture with Duplos. Okay? It has to be absolutely perfect so that even if you've never seen Ryan Gates before in your life, you would know exactly who he is. I know who he is. Well, I know you know who he is, but you have to make it out of, out of Legos or Duplos. So you have to construct it, and it has to be three dimensions. So it has to be a complete head, all right? And it's got to have sunglasses. What do you think? Do you think you can do that? One yeah, minute? sure. You can do it in one minute, all right? 
Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Here's the deal. I'm willing to make a deal with you. If you walk away right now and don't attempt the impossible, I will give you a bag of candy that you may or may not be allowed to eat. Depends on what your parents say. <laughs> now, here's the deal. You touch those Duplos, you get no candy. And you're definitely not going to get the card because the chances of you pulling this off, 0%. Okay? So what do you think? Do you want to have a little candy time? Candy time! Candy time! All right, well done. Here we go. Let's get you some candy. Here Candy. We'll get some more bags since I didn't expect a three-for-one deal there. So, well done, Mayo family. You share with him. We'll get you more afterwards if we can. Oh my gosh! Don't die. Yeah, we should just leave that up for the rest of the service. So comforting. Uh, did you notice though uh, what just happened there? Confronted with uh, these tasks, uh, the kids looked down and they're like, man, there's no way I can do that. And they lost sight of the, the power of a $5 gift card to In-N-Out Burgers. And instead were overcome with their own sense of inability, incompetence. And so they ran in fear from impossible tasks. That's the next thing in your note sheets, by the way. The fear of failure makes us focus on our incompetence instead of God's omnipotence. Do you notice that? For, I mean, we, we, we skipped over a little bit. We're, we are right now going to go back to it. But God does these amazing things, right? He's like, there's a snake, and he grabs it by the tail. It turns into a staff. His hand comes out. And he has leprosy. He goes back. Some awesome stuff, right? All of those things happen. And then, and then Moses' response after seeing all of that is, uh, yeah, by the way, I can't talk, so I, I quit. Like, don't you kind of want to sit there and be like, Moses, what are you thinking? Well, he's focused on what he can't do. He's not focused on what God obviously can do. I love this. So, yeah, jump, jump, jump back. This is so cool, these, these, different, these three different things that God shows. So Moses is like, hey, God, um, what if they don't believe me? They won't think that I'm from you. And God says, hey, hey, I got three things I want you to do. First, I want you to take your staff and throw it on the ground. Uh, uh, John, go back for a second. Go back to that last one. Uh, I want you to throw your staff, uh, put it on the ground. The staff turns into a snake. All right? And then God says, hey, Moses, I want you to grab that snake by the tail. And then, and as Moses does, and it turns back into a staff. And God says, do that, and people will believe that you come from me. Well, why? Do you know what a pharaoh's headpiece looks like? Have you seen this? You know what's on it? Lexi, do you know what's on the pharaoh's headpiece? What's on it? You can look at it. It's right there in front of you. I put a picture. A crown. No, it is a crown, which is good. A cobra. Yes. Do you notice this? Uh, this is true. Um, the pharaohs of Egypt, for a long time, and especially during the period when uh, the Hebrews were slaves, they, uh, they worshipped a god named Wajet. And Wajet was the cobra goddess. Uh, she was the goddess of snakes. And uh, she was the one who appointed pharaohs because she was the one who had the power of death, right? Uh, snakes were very, very scary and very, very lethal in the ancient world, especially in Egypt. And so uh, the, the idea was that the person who was able to kill was the person with the power. And since that was the goddess Wajet, the pharaohs would adorn themselves with her symbol, the symbol of a cobra or a snake. So what God's doing is he's saying, hey, if you want to convince people that I'm with you, right, 
You're going to throw your staff down, and it's going to be a snake. And you're going to pull the staff up, showing that you have the power that I've given you over even the goddess of death. Symbolically, you're going to be more powerful than the Pharaoh. And when people see that, they'll know I'm with you. Well, but what if that doesn't work? Well, let's go back to the text and, and see what happens. So put your hand in your coat and pull it out. Uh, Moses' hand comes out. It's white with leprosy. We tend to think of leprosy um, as the New Testament disease that causes um, disfiguration. Actually, the Old Testament laws, if you look at them, really uh, what, what leprosy is, is, is skin discolorations. Okay? Uh, so, for example, um, if you notice here, I have a, a white spot on my beard. Most of you think that's because I'm getting old, but it's not. I've had this white spot on my beard for almost 20 years now. And the reason is, is that it kind of moves around, but my skin lacks pigment right here. And so when, is, it, is this the right side? I'm pointing at it? Good. Uh, when, and it's actually moved. It's about 10 years ago. It was almost my entire side of my face. And, uh, and, and it would grow white hair. And if I, were, get, I don't tan, so if I get a sunburn, my face would be red except for right here. It was all pale. Um, so if you've seen people with vitiligo, this is an example of what in the Old Testament was considered leprosy. And it was strongly associated by the Hebrew people with um, unholiness or being inappropriate, un- unready to be with God. Okay? The idea is that uh, God wants things that are pure and without blemish, things that are whole and complete. And so when you had parts of your body that were um, disfigured or not looking exactly right, it was, ass- it was assumed then that you weren't ready for worship of God. So when Moses goes in and comes out, and he's got the leprosy, and he goes in and he comes out, and, he, and it's cured, what's going on is it's showing that, that God has given his holiness to Moses. Even things that disqualify other people from hanging out with God don't disqualify Moses. God is, or Moses is special. God has given Moses his imprimatur, his, his, uh, a stamp of approval. Uh, likewise, uh, the water that you take from the Nile turns into blood on the dry ground. I think I do have pictures of both of these, by the way. Um, why is it so important? Well, the, uh, the Hebrew people, and really all people in the ancient Near East, had strong associations between water and blood and life and vitality. Okay? They knew that when you get rid of all the blood, you die. Right? Death comes from a lack of blood. They knew that if you didn't drink a lot of water, you died. And what this is meant to do, and notice most doesn't even have to do this. God's like, just if you have to, go get the water from the Nile, turn it into blood. It's going to be great. Don't worry about it. Uh, The reason being that that this is going to show that Moses has been given the power of life, that God's vitality and life-bringing, that Moses has that. God's given that to him. Now, in all of this, have we noticed that Moses has only been asked to do one thing? There's only been one thing. God's, got, God's like, hey, Moses, I'm going to make you the leader of Israel. You're going to bring everyone out. You're going to do all these amazing things. What is it that God has asked of Moses in this to actually do? Moses making excuses. I can't do this. I can't do that. There's one thing that God has Moses do. He asks him to grab the snake by the tail. Ryan Gates, a beautiful man, um, incredible outdoorsman. Uh, He's he's secured many snakes with his bare hands over the years. Uh, He only practices this on uh, snakes that are really violent and lethal. 
He doesn't bother with garter snakes, water snakes, only things that will kill you. Uh, and I, so I was talking to Ryan about how this works, and it turns out that the, uh, the best way to handle a snake is you get like a stick with a fork in it, and you stab down and you trap the snake's head. Right? So like the snake is in the head. And once you've got the, the snake's done like that, then you go over and you, and you pick the snake up by the head, sometimes even with like a little bit of pressure near the back of the head. And what this does is it asserts dominance over the snake. And uh, especially for poisonous, lethal snakes, it prevents the snake from biting you. In the text, did you notice? So God's like, throw your staff on the ground. He throws the ground on the ground. And it turns into a snake. What happens? Moses jumped back. That's a Hebrew idiom. It literally, uh, the Hebrew is literally like uh, Moses ran or fled from the face of the snake, indicating that what happened was he dropped the, uh, the, the staff, and the part that was pointing towards him, that turns into like a cobra head. And he's like, oh, no, no, that's not going to work. I'm, I'm cool. No, no, no dice. I'm out of there. No way. And then God says, okay, now here's this thing that can kill you, right? You know the best way to handle this is to, like the smart, dominant way, the one planning and wisdom is to, Fork the head, grab that. I want you to grab this snake by the tail. Haley, is that a good idea? Why not? What? Yell it. Right, so, but it, what do you think happens when you grab a cobra by the tail? Yeah, it turns around and bites you on the arm and it kills you. Yeah, it's a terrible, terrible way to catch a snake. If you go and grab a lethal snake by the tail, it gets really upset because it doesn't want to be touched, and it turns around, it's like, oh, that thing's grabbing me. I know what to do. <laughs> and it injects poison into your body, and you die. The only thing God asks, he's like, hey, Moses, I know it seems crazy. You're going to be the leader of the Israelites. Blah, blah, blah. Just grab the snake by the tail. And isn't it weird that Moses is throwing up all these objections? Oh, Lord, I can't do this. I can't talk. They won't believe me. But when he sees the snake, he's like, okay, fine, whatever. If I die, then I won't have to deal with any of this anymore. Okay, go. Oh, snap. That was awesome. He grabbed the snake by the tail. And that is the next thing in your notes. He's the only thing that God asks of Moses is to grab the snake by the tail. I've kept something from you. I've kept uh, from you the vision that God gave to Moses. It wasn't just that I'm gonna lead, you're going to lead the people out of Israel. There's more to it than that. I'd like to read it to you. It's, uh, it's the, the end of chapter 3, 3, 19 through 22. Uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, God, says to this, uh, God says to Moses, However, I know that Egypt's king's not going to let you go unless he's forced to. So I'm going to use my strength and hit Egypt with dramatic displays of my power, signs and wonders. After that, he's going to let you go. I'm going to make it so that when you leave Egypt, the Egyptians will be kind to you and you won't go away empty-handed. Every woman will ask her neighbor and the, the slave or the immigrant or alien in her household for their silver and gold jewelry as well as their clothing. And you will put it on your sons and daughters and you will rob the Egyptians. This is nuts. God doesn't just say, hey, Moses, I'm going to make you the leader of Israel. I'm going to help you set the captives free. He's like, not only that, I'm going to make you rich while you're doing it. It's going to be so awesome what I do that the Egyptians are going to be like kicking you out. And as they do, they're going to be throwing their gold and silver, the gold and silver of their neighbors, their servants, everyone dumping it on you so that you go out, you're going to plunder them. You're going to be like the richest ever. All I'm asking is that you just do what I tell you to do. Moses is like, what if they don't believe me? I can't talk. 
He loses sight of this incredible vision of what God has for the future. I did lie. I don't have any gift cards to in and out That was all a figment. That was, well, just... But I do have two $50 Visa gift cards. Rocco, he's like, yep, sign me up. <laughs> I'm ready. But here's the thing. You've got to grab the snake by the tail to get these bad boys. You've got to do the impossible. I'd prefer this for the, maybe the high schoolers. I think they're... I don't know what a little, a little guy is going to do with a $50 Visa gift card. I think what the high schoolers would do would be bad, but at least it would be interesting. <laughs> so here's the deal. Um, for the first one, I, I, all I'm asking, I'm asking you to try. I'm asking you to try. Try to do one of the impossible tasks. Just give it a run. Or, uh, let's forget that. No. I'm asking you to try to eat one of these bad boys. You do that. You got to be in high school. Put your arms down. Sierra, you're the only one with guts around here? No, dude, get out of here. I'm going to hit you with a baseball bat. Whoa, 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 whoa. Over the line. Over the line. Yeah, you can pick. You can pick. Make sure to really take in the scent, you know, before you do it. So here's the deal, Sierra. You got, okay, <clears throat> I won't even make you eat the whole thing. I just have to take how many bites? I don't know. Well, if we're going to negotiate here, why don't, why don't you just do, tell you what, you just got to put your tongue into, <clears throat> well, which one are you going to do first? Let's, like, the <laughs> seafood, del- <coughs> seafood delight. Okay, Cool. I have a very weak uh, gag reflex. Yeah, it's Sam. Oh, I'm sure it's cooked. <laughs> I hope it's cooked. It looks cooked. Uh, the the lab- lobster, however, is not cooked. And this is clam juice. So here's the deal. You've got to sip the clam juice. You've got to stick your tongue in the salmon. And you've got to lick, maybe just nibble on the raw lobster. Can you handle that? Here's the deal. Oh, just settle down. Don't try to protect your child. She's mine now. <laughs> she raised her hand. Here's a $50 Visa gift card. Are you going to do it? Yes. All right, go for it. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, I'm not going to make it. You think I'm a sadist? Here, you can have the gift card. Sit down. No, I'm not going to try and kill you. Like, now do you see what happened there? She grabbed the snake by the tail. And what should have killed her turned into a shopping spree at Macy's. <laughs> this vision, originally we were talking about $5 in and out. <laughs> originally it was, hey Moses, we're going to get out of slavery. <laughs> no, Moses, we're going to go all the way. They're going to lavish you with gifts. $50 gift. But you got to grab the snake by the tail. All right, who's going to do the uh, impossible task? 
It's, I, I love you, Keegan, but no, it's got to be a high schooler. They're the only ones who know how to do calculus. All right, Lexi, come on up. Yeah, way to go, Lexi. Okay, Lexi, what's it going to be? Are you going to recreate the beautiful visage of youth intern extraordinaire Ryan Gates? No. Or are you going to solve a differential equation? I'll solve the equation. Very good. Here's your... Now you get one minute. Okay, so I'll... I don't... Does someone have a timer so we can time her? You got a timer? Okay. Hold on. All right, Lexi. On your marks. Get set. Go. Oh, you thought I was just going to give you the gift card? No, dude. No, you got to work at it. You got to... Yeah, how, 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 many, how many seconds do we got? 45. 45 seconds. Have you, have you taken calculus or pre-cal? Because what you're doing is completely wrong. Just don't. Do you want to help me? Well, I can help you, actually. Yeah, um, so here's the... So here's the deal. Uh, the, the, the answer is um, x to the negative 3. dy over dx equals x to the negative 3. Can you write that down? Uh, yeah. X to the negative 3, not 1 over x to the negative 3. It's the same thing, really. But. Okay. And then uh, uh, dy over dx equals uh, negative 3 over x4. Just write negative 3. Just circle that. <laughs> yeah, she did it! Unbelievable! <laughs> wow! I can't believe it. You, got, you know calculus? That was unreal. Good job. Well done. Lexi Grimm. Incredible. Head of her time. That's amazing. Do you know what happened there? Lexi wasn't worried about what she couldn't do. She knew that there was somebody who could do. And so she just asked for help. She just grabbed a snake by the tail. The key is she didn't go in with a plan. She didn't go in with control. She didn't go in saying, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to do this. Instead, she said, I'm going to trust that someone else is going to make it so I can grab the snake by the tail. Sierra, less so. Sierra was bold, strong. But I I would say that Sierra did believe, she did trust, that I wasn't going to, like, totally destroy her life. Her dad didn't. Her dad thought I was going to kill her. But she trusted. She said, you know what? I'm pretty sure Tom's not going to give me a rotten lobster tail to eat. And so she went after it. For those of us who are in the middle of failing, what God's asking is not that you come up with a crazy plan, not that you fix everything, get it all sorted out, and know and control and dominate. What God's asking for you to do is to be vulnerable, to be dependent, to trust that when you go and you grab the snake, even as crazy and as, as stupid as that is, that that's exactly what he's asking, and he's going to take care of the details. He's going to move us forward. You're a mess, but he's going to fail you forward if you just grab the snake by the tail. Um, we're super late, so I'm just going to close. Uh, sorry, um, uh, Ben, and then I'll, I'll do the benediction and send all the, the youngsters to uh, the, the rehearsals or the informational meeting for uh, our... Christmas play. But let, let, let's pray together. God, I just ask that uh, you would teach every one of us here, uh, young and old, um, that, that you don't ask for much. You just ask for us to do a simple thing, sometimes crazy, sometimes dangerous, sometimes counterintuitive, just to grab the snake by the tail. God, I pray for anyone here who's in the midst of, of failing, where life is um, upside down, and 
and backwards and racked with, uh, with sin, with guilt, with confusion and fear. When failure just seems like it keeps coming and coming and, and it's, it's making us scared. I pray, God, that, um, that you will just give us all an opportunity to simply trust you, to be vulnerable, to be dependent, to grab the snake by the tail and see what you can accomplish in the middle of our incompetence. We love you, God. We trust you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.